Hello, welcome to Building a Business Podcast. Building a Business is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, rehumanizing your business. Uh, this week, we are back with Athletes for Athletes and Raymond. Hello, Raymond. How are you doing? Hi, hi. Good, good, good. I think this Sorry is the for... third month we're yeah, back with you, right? Yeah, we, have, we were having trouble in uh, trying to think our availability. So sorry, you've been a little bit caught up. No problem. Busy is good. That means <laughs> a lot of things are going well. A lot of things are doing uh, good for your site, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, so let's 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 jump right into it. Uh, I heard that uh, I've been seeing that you guys have been doing some uh, improvements in your uh, bubble sport complex. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. So uh, lately, what we have been doing is to help uh, most of our venue partners, including Bubble Sports uh, Complex, in uh, their setup. Because uh, I think before the quarter started, actually, most of the sports complexes have been really flooded with a lot of uh, people trying to uh, get their sports and, and play. And that's when uh, it's a good time for AFA to actually do like the stress testing and uh, stuff like that uh, on our uh, system. And also like because uh, lately we have uh, just launched our auto lighting system, right? So yeah, the auto lighting system has been uh, something that uh, we are trying to solidify and to understand like uh, when it comes to like high traffic hour, what is the... How 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 well does it cope with uh, the the, the mm. stress? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, would you like to exper- uh, explain and see what is this auto lighting con uh, system about? Ah yes. So auto lighting system have been uh, a big piece of puzzle that uh, EFA is trying to put. Or incorporate into our system. So what it does is basically it is an IoT system that it basically helps the sports complexes in uh, automating the light control because uh, most of the sports complexes, let's say, uh, if you have a badminton courts, right, you might have like 50 to 30 courts, and all of these 30 courts might have different timing of uh, when when customer books. For instance, uh, they might book like 5:30. Uh, court one might book 5:30 to 6:30, and the other court might have like a 6 to 8 p.m. Right? So different timings. So a lot of times. If you're using a manual method, you might have to turn on and off the light space on a different timing. And imagine you are you are doing it like for 15 different courts of 30 different courts. So the auto lighting system basically helps operator to automate the light switches to turn on and off. On the other hand, one thing very interesting that we are doing is also to empower the users to turn on and off the lights on their own. So what happens here is like imagine you are a user that you book with AFA app. So we have uh, self-activation features uh, that if uh, a sports complex is subscribed to our auto lighting system, uh, there is a QR code that is attached to a very uh, every single court, and then users can actually uh, just use their app to just activate the lights by scanning a QR code that is attached to the court, and the lights will turn on to the duration of their booking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay, okay. One thing a little bit funny that we try to incorporate also is the Malaysian timing style. Maybe you know, you know, Malaysia yeah, like some time, right? <laughs> exactly, right? Because uh, if the auto lighting runs on auto automatic, right? So there's a high chances that if you come late, you will probably have a shorter playing time, right? So what we do is like we incorporate a little bit of this uh, AI where it identifies what time you come, 
and then we'll turn on the lights based on the duration, right? Subject, if there's no booking behind, let's say if you are late for 15 minutes, the light will turn off 15 minutes later if there's no booking behind you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so the first, like uh, your, your IoT will be like, if there is no booking after this booking, they will mm -hmm. follow the full duration. But if there is, then they will cut short and they will... Can you show up? Of course, yeah, since yeah. you're late, you, you don't correct, get to play the four-hour right? Correct. So, yep. All right. So, um, long time ago, when I used to book badminton courts, we used yep. to have this habit of um, like splitting the the time. We always yep. ask the guy to off on just to split the time so we know how to build our friends. Uh, is this something that still is being used? Uh, most of the time right now, uh, it's getting tricker in that sense where uh, most of the courts, uh, they don't care if you're late or not, right? Because uh, it will complicate the the booking timing because uh, right now, especially more and more people, we do see a spike where more and more people are picking up uh, badminton, futsal, or, or, or any other commercialized, uh, over-commercialized sports. So, uh, it comes to a time where we realize that there's a huge uh, need in terms of uh, synchronizing the type, uh, the, the way like customers are served, or else it will it will complicate a lot of things and make it very tough for operators to operate. Yeah. So mm. in that in that sense, uh, we do see like people are trying to standardize, and that's where we come in to support them in setting up a standard in terms of like how you can serve your customer better and also set an industry norm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and with with the auto lighting system, it kind of aligns with your overall uh, goal for your business, right? Which is to yeah. reduce the number of actual manpower required to operate a um, mm -hmm. sports complex. Exactly. In 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 your perspective, uh, let's say the like the ultimate goal. Mm. How many people do you think, at the end of the day, ultimately? will be required to run a sports complex given that your your app has already reached its maximum capacity and you have already mm -hmm. reached where you want to be mm -hmm. ultimately i think uh in the perfect world that efa is trying to create in terms of the sports com uh, industry um we are aiming for of course uh zero manpower in terms of like uh, when it comes to serving, like like taking in bookings and uh, dealing with customers' uh, general inquiries. We are looking at like potentially up to like zero manpower if possible. It's like imagine yourself going into a vending, dealing with a vending machine. Mm. You, you just pay and you get to play. But the, the a little complex uh, complexity comes in where because customers tend to book in advance, right? So mm. which the... Even before customers get step their foot into the sports complex, most likely they already make a booking reservation. Yeah. So we try to automate the entire process in that sense. But we also understand like when it comes to technical difficulties, like you will still need someone to run the wiring if there's any like technical difficulties here and there. So I do foresee like probably you will still need one or two people on standby especially when it comes to like high traffic air, uh, timing because we cannot afford to have like uh, technical errors uh, when it comes to peak hour, especially after working hour where yeah. usually the sports complexes are fully booked. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And at one or two people per sports complex, we are looking at a reduction of ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the manpower. Uh, generally, most sports complexes might have about four, uh, four people to five people. So okay. I think uh, probably around fifty to fifty okay. to seventy percent of reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And more and more sports complex owners are seeing this as a good opportunity, right? Like uh, instead of having uh, this these manpower and managing the HR and managing the, mm-hmm. the headcount, they can just use yeah. machines to do half of it and then these guys will just do the other half. Yeah, ideally for a business point of view, it is... Uh it is better that way because you don't have to deal with uh, staffing and the like, like I mentioned HR and most importantly the integrity because mm-hmm. at the current time most of a uh, Malaysian sports complex is still relying on like cash based uh, transactions by introducing our system we are actually slowly replacing the ideology that oh you come in you have to pay by cash by mm-hmm. switching it to you pay while you make the booking reservation and when you show up, you just need to play, right? Mm. So in that way, we are able to reduce the complexity or the staff integrity, mm. as well as, uh, in a way, the venue will be a little bit more safer by reducing the reliance of cash. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have I have been speaking to quite a bit of business owners, and they say mm-hmm. that um, there is a silver lining or, or a blessing in disguise that came mm. from this uh, COVID pandemic in the past mm. year. And part of it is the push towards uh, uh, digitization and cashless and things like that. Do you see the same thing happening in your industry? Yeah, I do see a shift in the dynamic of how most of the sports complexes work. Because previously, a lot of our customers like to make court reservation and then show up and then only they, they pay to play, right? Um, because of the pandemic, there's a need to pre-register yourself. And that's where we do see a shift in that sense where uh, you can no longer book verbally and they just show up. Mm. And then if you don't show up, it's a loss for the operators, right? Mm. So it's a, it's a blessing discussed for businesses in that sense where your payment are secured in that sense. You get to receive payment first. And customers, in a way, they understand the shift and they know that it's necessary. Mm. And that would say, because technically as a startup, uh, EFA actually started during the pandemic time as well. We are a very young company. We are mm. about seven months old, uh, which is uh, COVID have been around for more than a year now. Way longer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess uh, we do see a blessing disguise in that sense, yeah. That's good, that's good. So yeah, so, um, so we get that out of the way and let's catch up on what's been going on in the past month. <laughs> okay. So what we have been doing uh, for this uh, past uh, few weeks time, um, we were focusing a lot on uh, growing through the right kind of partnership with the right people. So as you know, if, uh, as you may have known, if you if people if the listeners actually uh, listen to the early uh, version uh, earlier episode, we are in the midst of uh, working with uh, uh, government sports institute of Malaysia, and uh, we are what we have been doing is to finalize. Uh, and solidify the existing partnership with the government while establishing newer ones with the private entities to help us in, in growing our business. Because uh, I do think like uh, a startup have to work with the right kind of support. Mm. We know a lot of startup, most people know the statistics, right? Generally, 
a lot of startups will fail along the way. Uh, starting is easy, but sustaining up to five years is tough. So I yeah. think uh, as, as a young startups like us, uh, we really need that kind of support. And that have been the kind of the focus that uh, for the past uh, few weeks, we have been looking back into all of these uh, partnerships and trying to re-establish and solidifying the, 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 the deals. So mm. that has been what, what we have been doing so far. <laughs> mm. Okay. The, the partnership with the government, I think last month you, you, you talked about the one key item which was, which was lacking, which was the swimming pool um, booking because the, the timing that it's set of how swimming pool works is not exactly Mm-mm. the same as how um, basketball courts and everything work, right? Exactly, yes. Have you found a fix for that? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that it is a, something that we should uh, solve for the time being. Mm-hmm. And then we we decided our team decided to take a step back uh, and to relook into this into a further down pipeline to push it as a further down pipeline and it won't be uh, the the area that we are trying to fo- we will try to focus on at the moment. And in fact, right now uh, we have been trying to focus a lot on repositioning ourselves in a way to work towards the idea of trying to build at least a little bit of our business model, at least at the current time to be self-sustaining in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I've been looking a lot into alternatives of how we can create more uh, income for the company because Mm -hmm. uh, all this while we have been uh, focusing on growing the business and not focusing so much on the financial aspect because we were relying on uh, on a grant to run it. Mm -hmm. So right now, as we speak to more uh, potential investors who are looking for another series, well, we are prepping ourselves for a next series of fundraising. So at this point of time, we, when we, as we spoke to a lot of uh, different investors, they have been asking us this question, like, we understand your strategy right now in to grow the, your user base, to grow your vendor base, but mm. what are your steps or repercussions that you plan to take in making your company uh, sustainable, or, or what is your future plan in creating a sustainable uh, business model for yourself? Mm. So that have been uh, something that we were required, at least what we, we think it is about time for us to look into how we can generate a sustainable income for our company. Mm. So we are looking into alternatives like um, uh, transaction fees. What is the right amount to charge to the right kind? Uh, uh, do we charge the vendors? Do we charge the users? Uh, mm. Because as a platform provider, how do we survive and and we have to juggle between like we still need to grow while trying to implement a certain fees that might pull us back you know it's like you you walk like five feet forward and you have to take two two uh two steps back yeah this kind of approach right but at at least we're still three steps ahead every time when we move so yeah Mm. this kind of things we have been juggling (laughs) okay well it's funny how because I have been meaning to uh, ask Mm-mm. you on the update on the financial standing Mm-mm-mm. of of AFA, and you yeah. know, then then the topic just came up, and um, yeah. that let's let's put the pin on that first. I want to mm-hmm. go back to the swimming pool one. You did Mm-mm. say that you were going to drop that for a while. Yeah. Um, does that break your deal with the government, or is there other things that you can put in as well? Uh, one thing good is we, we, are, we are fortunate enough that uh, the government understands uh, where we are, are coming from. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think uh, the the focus that 
we want them to understand as well is that uh, the sports industry is really, really big and individual sports can have their own special uh, startups and services actually catering to that when it comes to booking even. That's why we do see like when before we start, we do see around us there are startups that is catering to a specific sports booking. So we mm -hmm. know like the industry okay. is actually there. But us, our approach is trying to cover a sports venue as a whole rather than mm. uh, focusing yeah. on specific sports. And that is where the real challenge comes in, right? Because our system mm. have to be able and capable in serving different types of uh, sports mm. owners and, and sports operators. And also because different types of sports have different way to book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, um, like getting the government's deal to to work is one of the way you create a, a more positive cash flow right so mm -hmm. there are two there are two parts to go at this now the first one which you have gone to which is the private sectors mm -hmm. uh, which you started off as uh, from and right. then uh, which i believe that you are still pushing forward for mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. now the second one is the possibility of uh, getting into the what is this called municipal councils sports complexes which yep. which will also add to the cash flow as well yes yes definitely uh, so apart from funding i believe that these are the two two other uh methods that you believe you are pushing forward to increase the cash flow of your company is that correct yes yes, yes. Mm. Mm. okay okay um fundraising is a very tricky thing right because mm -hmm. you raise the fund but it's like you're building a deck of a house of cards and you need to be able to use the house of cards the, the the parts that you know the deck of cards that they give you in order to build a, a proper foundation yeah uh, before it starts to crumble on the sides and everything so it mm -hmm. does still feel a little bit unstable at the, mm -hmm. the ground end um mm -hmm. compared to where you were now let's say in the beginning so seven months ago or maybe on your first round um mm -hmm. up till now are you further along with um building the foundation of your business yes, does it still uh, feel like a, uh does it still feel like uh like what is this like a like you're still falling down from a plane and you're still trying to build another plane <laughs> we 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 find out that um yeah there are a lot of uh, structure have been built uh, on top of uh where we are right now and we do see like uh we actually have been keeping ourselves versatile in a sense to move our company towards where the opportunity serves, uh, opportunity opens, right? And along the way, uh, what we have been, what we are able to identify is like, at first we thought ourselves as a tech company. Mm -hmm. So uh, we thought, mm -mm. yeah. Sorry, could you elaborate? Pack yeah. meaning? Yeah, so we, we thought ourselves as a tech, technology company. Tech, tech company, yeah, yes, techno okay. Yeah, tech company. And with like the, the whole idea of us, what we are doing is basically to introduce the technology uh, that we are we, we have to the mm -hmm. industry that we're trying to serve. And mm -hmm. along the way, we realized like we've identified or we further redefine what EFA's are true value is. Mm -hmm. And technology is basically just a method that EFA chooses as a solution to the industry's pro problem, right? Mm -hmm. And technology is not exactly what we are giving to the customer. It is more than that. We are giving the support. We are helping them in, in, uh, in, 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 in giving them a new way to solve a problem that has been around for a, a while, 
right? So, and then, like, technology is just a method that we have to to introduce to the to the industry on how we can solve the problem and make your entire operation more efficient. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's where we do see we stand. And right now we are focusing on the value that we are giving to the customers rather than just selling them the fact that we have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It really changes and- the message a lot. That, that that's what we notice. Mm. And it's also it also changes your offerings, right? Like um, if it does not fall within the confines of your portfolio, uh, let's say you don't have a mm-hmm. set of services that can mm-hmm. solve this problem, instead of saying, oh, sorry, we don't do that, you go find someone else. Instead of mm-hmm. doing that, you go back and you go back to your team and you say, okay, we have a bunch of people with these problems. Let's come up with a solution for that and then provide it to them. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And um, so is this how you mean by being more versatile yes definitely uh we always tell ourselves right in in our team like just to remain versatile and see see what's coming ahead and then and then we try to change and adapt and 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 to go back to the drawing board every time when we met this kind of uh uh obstacles right and then yeah of course like uh it is easier to see it and then where if Whenever we have a new request, we'll just go back and try to work with our technical team and come up with a solution and, and then and then to serve a specific market. It's it's all about the, the, the real challenge is like juggling between what the industry majority of the industry needs and a specific request uh, for for a specific uh, deals that we that we're trying to serve. So that that's where we we find uh, the the challenges and we are also at the same time fear that. If we don't solve this problem, doesn't mean we are losing this customer, yeah. right? So yeah. those are the kind of things that, as a startup, we don't have a solid product, mm. but it's where we stand and how we how we choose to, to 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 you know educate or even like how we choose to build uh, our offering and the services to the vendors. I feel that is more important, and mm. yeah. Sometimes we do feel a little bit confused in that sense. We are yeah. uncertain about like what we want and, and how we want to position. But uh, as time mm. goes, we found out like, yeah, if we focus on just the product or the technology itself, uh, it doesn't really define who we are. Mm. What, then we back to the core and we ask ourselves, what are we trying to offer to the industry? It's basically a solution and a support and technology mm. is just a method and that will help us uh, digest even better when it comes to like uh, problems like mm. this. Okay, from from my perspective, this is just my perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, you hit the, the nail on the head with uh, mm-hmm. looking at this from a value perspective rather than a product perspective uh, mm-hmm. towards your customers. But the downside of this one is you start to build, spread out too horizontally, too many mm-hmm. things. You're building too many variations of something in order to mm-hmm. uh, solve your customers' problems. Mm-hmm. So then it comes back to this question of your MVP, Mm-mm. Right at this age, you are barely a year old, and at Mm-mm. this point, you should still you should still be building on your MVP first. Mm-mm. And it does seem like like what you said. It does seem that you are treading too far away from your MVP in order Mm-mm. to be more holistic, Mm-mm-mm. which is good. Which is good, but maybe somewhere down the road, it makes sense because at Mm-mm. the very beginning, even a social even a social enterprise needs to first be able to provide. Uh, social gains to itself first. Like you need mm-hmm. to be able to feed yourself first 
before you go. So I think this comes into question. Like mm-hmm. uh, you, you may. Well, I don't really know what's the 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 spread mm-hmm. that you're looking at right now. What kind mm-hmm. of uh, what's that called? Uh, uh, secondary and tertiary kind of products and services that you're providing. Mm-hmm. But it does seem as if that you're you're spreading yourself too thin, especially mm-hmm. for such mm-hmm. a young company. Mm-hmm. That that I I do agree. So mm. it's like we we're in a in a in a time where we need to pivot and really figure it out like where and what do we want to focus on at the moment at least mm. yeah yeah I hope you find uh, your answer to this because I know a lot of companies uh, who spread out too thin I think you should have a a sense of awareness I mean Mm-mm. you shouldn't not not spread out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't not try out new things. But mm-hmm. I think that you have, you need to have the sense of awareness. Are we going too far out? Or are we still within the realms of what we are supposed to do? Then we are fine. Then it comes to the next question, right? Because um, this is the problem that that haunts every single business owner. Every entrepre- entrepreneur and every innovator goes through this uh, dilemma. To pivot or to persevere? Mm. Right. Um, so you you say that you are a very versatile team, which means that you see where the opportunities are and you're able to uh, fluidly change the way you work things and the way things operate in order to cater to customers. Um, what is your process with deciding whether you want to pivot on an idea or a product or a solution or to persevere and get them to fit into your mold? Hmm. Uh... If uh, if I were to put it into our our current business contacts, uh, at first we are looking into the possibilities of our current MVP on serving what kind of uh, spots. We know we cannot serve all, right? But we were trying to expand and find fit to as many different spots as possible. So that's where we will we were trying really really hard uh, during the first few months talking to different operators and introduce our system and see if uh, the way they work uh, can or cannot uh, use our system. Mm-hmm. So at that point of time, uh, when we see there's a certain spot that is very interesting and very appealing to us that we try to tackle on, we'll try to somehow. Uh, tweak a little bit in terms of how our system works in order to try in order to you know for our system to be able to serve this community of people and as we go until like where where we are today we started to feel like there are certain spots that will pick up faster than those that um those that which we find it tougher to serve Mm -hmm. right so that's when we feel like, okay, there's, there are certain spots that we have to admit to ourselves that we cannot serve, mm-hmm. and at least for the time being, and do we give up now or, and focus on those that is proven work, mm-hmm. or, or do we try to amend our system to serve this specific group of people? And then, mm-hmm. and then when it comes to the sustainability of our, our business, like, like what you mentioned, uh, many startups fall into the trap where they spread themselves too thin, right? So that's where we realize, like, maybe it is about time where we try to refocus and serve the group that at least we have a proven track record that it works for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. Like um, as you go along, you realize the thing is when businesses start off, we always try to be everything to everyone. Like, you know, we always think that, okay, we can solve everybody's problems. Then along the way, you realize, you know what? If we try to solve everybody's problems, we are solving nobody's problems, right? Yeah. So let's find a niche, be good at it. And then when the time comes, you know, when we are able to tackle those other harder to tackle areas, we, if we are in a good financial standing, we can do well, then we push towards those kind of stuff. But at the moment, the key point is what you said, to be able to build a strong financial standing for yourself first. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you don't have to always rely on a money injection and things like that. So yep. so that even when you go for funding, the the uh, VCs will come to you and say, okay, I can see that you can sustain on your own. This is how it is. It makes sense. There is foundation on what you're building. Then they're more willing to give you money for it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. That's what we're seeing as well. Yeah. <laughs> as we speak to those investors. I, I am I am hoping this this happens to you because um I think it is a natural growth of um of what it is. And I personally feel some of these uh experiences before as well. And it's nice to see the path that you're going is uh is right. So um the last Last bit of it, just want to catch up. Um, how has the mental health of the team been? Mm, it's doing great. We're trying different things and we try to we try to change a lot of ways uh, where we initially started and how we work right now. Mm-hmm. So this kind of little, little changes actually brings back a certain uh, level of excitement to the team. So I'm pretty happy where we are right now in terms of uh, the team's uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you want to share some of them? Like, like what have you guys been doing and um, that has been all right, uh, reinvigorating their excitement to the mm-hmm. team and the job? So we try to, for instance, uh, when it comes to a certain... We try to break down, right, how, uh, how our team department works because right now our team is small. We have uh, operation, we have marketing, business development, and uh, customer relationship management. So it's pretty, uh, and and of course, I'm myself, which uh, I'm not sure what exactly I'm, I'm I'm doing most of the time. But uh, if you if you were to look into like all of these, uh, the four main things, right, that the company operation stands on. So we try to build a way where there's a synergy or a kind of a core relationship between uh, each different departments, and try to bring mm-hmm. we try to break it down and 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 come up with like a synergy on how uh, these teams are able to integrate and we send them out uh, as a team, right? Let's say uh, we put in like uh, marketing and business development out to meet a certain venue clients that we are serving. And then we do see some pretty good chemistry over there. And sometimes mm-hmm. we try to swap it out around and maybe we just bring a, a marketing team and a CRM to go in and talk to the a certain vendors to understand how, how these vendors works and, and what is a struggle. And we do see like very interesting insights um, because maybe previously uh, business development is the one that has been talking to the client. But when a marketing person goes in and listen to the conversation and he might find a new insights of like how 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 these people think, right? And we know, like, from, from his perspective, this is how marketing can work from the way I understand how this uh, department works uh, in, in, a, in a real client base, right? So it is very interesting in that sense to see mm. uh, this kind of a new finding or new interpretation of how, how our customers work yeah, yeah. From, from, from the different team that uh, mm. by just repositioning them and make them go and talk to these people 
they they have their own interpretation, yes. and that brings them a new kind of uh, energy and and a new kind of a new form of a uh, solution to to this this kind of uh, issues. Yeah. Yes, um, I have to say I I totally agree with how you are. Uh, you're doing this because this is how I'm exactly doing this with my team as well. Mm. So instead of me having a bunch of marketing people and a bunch of designers all in their own separate teams, mm-hmm. I put a unit, one mm-hmm. from each department representing mm-hmm. in one unit. So when they go and talk to their clients, right, they have the perspective mm-hmm. from all different parts of it. The designer has designer's perspective. The marketer has a marketer's perspective. The copywriter has a copywriter's perspective. Mm-hmm. Then it creates a more um, holistic angle at yeah. being able to support the customer rather uh-huh. than marketing just can only do the marketing stuff. The operation people can only just do the uh, their own stuff. And when a client asks a question, they will be like, I don't know, let me ask them and then come back to you. Uh-huh. It's a not a good way to solve a, solve a problem. So if you... If you have a unit that is comprised of different departments in one single unit, the way they talk to each other, they're able to what is it called, uh, help each other's weaknesses, and, you know, build. Um, yes, you did say, uh, you did talk about your role in the business. Mm-mm. The the fact that you don't know what your specific role is Mm-mm. means you are exactly where you are supposed to be. <laughs> You're not supposed to be focusing on something. You're supposed to be the person at the, it's like uh, the person in the submarine with mm-hmm. the, the scope, looking at what's going on in a whole 360 degrees and telling people what to do and how to steer them, uh, mm-hmm. steer the whole submarine to the, to the direction that they should be going. So, because if you get bogged down with a certain job, right, you yeah. lose perspective of what's going on. It has happened mm-hmm. to me before many times. Mm-hmm. And I find that sometimes uh, being able to have the, the, the free time and the, the, the freedom to move around departments at, at my own free will helps me help them a lot better. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to keep that. Don't, don't fix a role to yourself. You need to keep that. <laughs> that helps the uh, company move a lot better. <laughs> Good to know about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I understand because sometimes uh, you will feel as if like, oh, you know, everybody's so busy doing stuff and I'm like, I don't know where I belong. I don't know what am I supposed to do at this point. But what you're supposed to do is this. Give a an external person's perspective, give a bird's eye view Mm-mm. and that helps a lot. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks mm-hmm. so much. Thank you so much, Raymond, for joining us. Um, Thank you for having me. I know yeah, that we have uh, postponed quite a bit, but no problem. I'm always very, very happy to catch up with you because I'm so excited to always listen to what you have to say and what kind of updates you have uh, for us. So before you go, uh, tell our listeners where, you can, where they can find out about you and your products and how to buy from you. Ah, okay, so uh, for those who are interested to find out more, you can always uh, visit to our website, uh, www.athleteforathletes.com, or you can always log on to our Facebook page or Instagram uh, at uh, AFA or Athletes for Athletes. You can find us either way. Yep, so you can always, uh, and also, yeah, please download our app and find out more if you are from uh, Klang Valley. So we have uh, quite a number of uh, venues for you to look for. Yep, you can always uh, just go go on to your App Store uh, or Play Store, except for Huawei, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, for now, yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah, so you can uh, yeah. just download EFA app. Yeah. 
All right, superb. That's all, uh, folks. That's all for this week's episode of Building a Business Podcast. Next week, we will catch up again with Diana from Swag Sarang Holidays, providing a wow factor and honest and halal travel solution. Uh, she will be. She has been working on some Ramadan specials. We want to catch up with her to see what's been going and how she prepare for her Hari Raya season. Uh, that's all for this week's Building a Business Podcast. Our podcast is available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Spotify. We post full videos on YouTube and clips on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much, Raymond. Thank you so much, Sean. We will see you next month. Bye. Bye.